This is Our People and Mother Earth on KWSO. The Warm Springs Canoe family is currently on their journey to Muckleshoot. Tribal canoe journeys celebrate the native canoe tradition of the Northwest. Jefferson Green has been a part of the Warm Springs Canoe family since 2010. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. My native name is Iso, and my English name is Jefferson Green. I am the coordinator of the Inchiwanapum Canoe Family, our Warm Springs Canoe Project and Family. Uh, we are currently under the Columbia River Institute for Indigenous Development Foundation, or the Creed Foundation to be short, and uh, have paddled since 2010, thanks to the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs and the 24th Tribal Council, as well as Atoy Aurelius Tacoma and Atoy Jody Kalika, who had this vision to continue to revitalize this part of our culture and history uh, on the Columbia River, as well as our waterways and confluences to the Columbia River. Singing, dancing, crafting, and sharing are all part of the journey. So the cultural sharing that we have done in all the years is making sure that everyone is comfortable with learning the songs and the dances and the stories that go with those. And thanks to the Warm Springs Dance Group headed by Tassanat or Dini Johnson and in those times too also Merle Kirk and 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 that group that has continued to keep these songs alive. And of course, um, we have an older generation that also remember those songs and those dances. And so Minnie Wolulotum was able to step up and Tommy Kalama and so many different people, you know, Kunwakshan. And it, it takes a lot of, you know, reaching out to these older communities or generations to um, invite them to correct us and help us along so that we can start our days again with prayer and song and some words of encouragement and support and uh, going about paddling together and we sing songs on the canoe we uh, speak language on the canoe we will count in the language uh, we'll do directions in the language and when we get onto land we do relaxing but then we also go right back in the drum circle and talking about the songs and this the dances and language and helping people with introductions and and this all you know started from our elders just saying that we really needed to revitalize our connection to the Columbia River Canoe journey happens on water and on land. There are many roles to fulfill together. There's different levels of preparedness, so to say. At my level, you know, it started months ago, you know, getting us a budget and a goal to shoot for and starting to reach out and generate relationships with funders and then writing the grants and proposals to be able to meet that budget and goal. And that way we're able to keep everyone safe and comfortable with food and fuel and uh, equipment and supplies and miscellaneous items and just make sure that we're able to get people comfortable. Um, This year feels like a big starting year all over again, as everyone could imagine. We have not paddled since 2019 on an actual journey. We have had practices on the water, not only here around Warm Springs, but also on the Columbia a couple of times, but but nothing like really consistent. And it was also still kind of considering the safety of the community. And so 
That was usually how we prepared in years prior would be every Saturday. We would take them out at 9 a.m. in the morning, meet at the museum at Warm Springs, and then we would take them to the lake and paddle around, get everyone uh, comfortable with working together and following each other and taking uh, cadences from the skipper and from lead pullers and, and just having a good time and enjoying ourselves and just learning to work together and how to uh, kind of uh, evaluate and um, – consider different situations, even if the canoe is rocking or if the wind is blowing or if the clouds are bringing down the rain or whatever it may be, just kind of getting people comfortable. But here we are in 2023, paddle to Muckleshoot after a four-year hiatus, and raising the money was somehow put at the Priority number one, and then uh, getting people on the water uh, fell to priority number two. And we had never shot for a goal to raise this amount of money to support the community to go. You know, with inflation, we are now having to raise double the amount that we had ever done before. And so that was a big stress. And then having that stress kind of get lowered as we got closer to the summer, and then bam, I was in a wait we should be doing more practices and getting people comfortable. And at the same time, it was like, well, what about the vehicles? And what about all of these other aspects? We got to check our paddles and make sure we got the equipment and making these orders and how do we save money? And and so, so many of those, and with a small staff of only three of us. And uh, so we're just trying to balance that out. And so, uh, but here we are, you know, and as a pooler, going to the pooler side and the drivers and the cooks and the crafts and the artisans, um, honestly, you know, even when I started in 2010, geez, getting prepared for the canoe journey, I was just absolutely greenhorn with everybody else in Warm Springs, you know, never having been on a canoe journey besides probably two or four people on the whole reservation of Warm Springs. Um, I don't know, sometimes, sometimes feels like we're back at that part where, you know, we're going to figure it out. We're going to still have our safety vests and jackets. We're still going to have our paddles. We're still going to uh, support our people with water and food and snacks so that everyone's comfortable and hydrated. And it's a matter of just working together. We start our days with prayer and circle and stretching and, and talking about what the conditions are going to be like and how far we're going to paddle. And if anyone's not comfortable that day, they're welcome to step back and be on land and watch from land. And we do have a crew on land and on water and we both just kind of follow each other along. And if in any situation we're able to pull the canoe out and pull it on a trailer, we do have a support boat that follows us along with a motor. And it just kind of makes sure that if we were ever in a situation that uh, the support boat can pull alongside and evacuate the vessel. And, and uh, of course, our children goes first, and it kind of trickles up to the skipper and captain being the very last to exit the canoe. And uh, we've only been in one situation like that. We've never... Thankfully, lovingly, you have never um, had an injury on the canoe journey in and around the canoe or water. Um, if anything, definitely some blisters. The Warm Springs Canoe family is currently on the 2023 Paddle to Muckleshoot, honoring warriors past and present. Coordinator Jefferson Green says the Warm Springs Canoe was acquired in 2009 with the support of community members Aurelia Stacona, Jody Kalika, and the 25th Tribal Council of the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs to revive the history of our connection to the waterways, the culture and language of our people, and the ancient art of travel by way of canoe. 
On landing day, July 30th at Alki Beach, just across the bay from Seattle, is where 100 plus is projected canoes are to land right there on the shores of Alki Beach, which is the homelands of the Muckleshoot and the Duwamish and the Suquamish. And those nations will greet all of those canoes that came from their ancestral territories. And so that's why going back that it's apparent that Warm Springs and the mid-Columbia River tribes paddle from our territory as in ancient times to uh, have that connection and kinship with the other tribes of not only the Pacific, but even of the Puget Sound. Because even recently, I was told there also was a route up the Cowlitz River into the Puget Sound. And every year, I'm always learning different things about what were those original routes that we took. And when we first got a canoe, a lot of our community was like, why do we have a canoe? Are we borrowing culture? We already have culture. And the reality came to be that the Wascos had some immaculate sized canoes that were ocean going, could go against the waves, could go north and south and west into the Pacific. The uh, mid-Columbia plateau tribes had these river going and lake going canoes that were really long and narrow. And then the Paiute people had these smaller canoes and vessels or boats or kayaks or rafts and they were made of all tule reeds and so these vessels have been a part of our ancestry for thousands of years and if you think about it being here on the reservation since 1855 is roughly about 175 years and even in that small amount of time compared to thousands of years we lost that connection to building these vessels let alone traveling with them and so Getting to the landing part of um, Paddle to Muckleshoot this year, July 30th, is going to be all of those tribes that are revitalizing their connections to these vessels, to those original highways that we use and utilize to connect to other tribal communities throughout the Northwest. And after... Once we get there, then they're going to invite all the tribes to present themselves. So every canoe will stand before all of the people on the beach and say, speak in their language or sing a song and introduce themselves and let everyone know where they're coming from and that they're requesting permission to come ashore. And it's going to be a good few hours of every canoe speaking. And from there, the host nation will gather all of the names of all of those nations, uh, and then they will put them onto a list, and it'll go from the farthest canoe and then work its way all the way as, to nations as closest to Muckleshoot, so that Muckleshoot is the last tribe to do their protocol. And protocol is where each nation is sharing their songs, their dances, their stories, and language, and... That's how it goes. So most likely this year would be either a Hawaiian canoe or a New Zealand canoe. We once even had people from uh, Japan that came in their traditional vessel uh, to share their culture as well. Um, but it's all indigenous people, and uh, we're just looking to have a good time and share who we are. Tribal canoe journeys celebrate the native canoe tradition of the Northwest. Jefferson is excited to be back after a four-year hiatus due to the pandemic. Looking forward to a very successful Paddle to Muckleshoot Canoe Journey 2023. It has been an amazing journey from 2010 to 2013 and to 2023. Like, we are just 
constantly going and going and growing. And now here we are, you know, 13 years in the making, and we're ready to succeed again. Through the many canoe journeys, the canoe has been as far north as Vancouver Island, British Columbia in Canada, as far south as Port Orford, Oregon on the Pacific, and as far east as Standing Rock, North Dakota. Journeys happen in the summertime, and there are activities throughout the year that they are often involved in. Throughout the year, we actually always get these requests to do public performances, and so we like to get the group together, even at the canoe practices down at the lake, and we still practice songs. And then when we get to shore, we'll do a couple of dances, especially when we're at Indian Park because we have the space. At Pelton Park, we don't. And just making sure that we can uh, get everyone comfortable with uh, working together on a dance floor, uh, learning the songs in a really small, close-knit group. And then as the year goes on, of course, we still write grants to support our work. And we do language classes at two different locations, one on the reservation, one off. And those include the drummers from the longhouses that come and we have a meal and and all ages are welcome to those classes. So we do one community class that's just on conversation based language and then another community class that's all songs and longhouse songs. And those all support us getting ready for another protocol. So the largest protocol that I had ever seen that Warm Springs put on for the canoe journey was 135 people at Paddle to Quinault, which is on the Pacific Ocean. And this year could be that size. I'm very excited if we can make it that size. Um, Right now we have the largest group that we've ever taken on the canoe journey um, the most vehicles we've ever had. Uh, so we've, we're looking to just make sure that uh, we get there safe and sound and that everyone feels always ready to learn and always ready to grow. When it started in 2010, the idea of the Warm Springs Canoe Project was to get the youth and elders together across generations to begin revitalizing this part of our history. With that was the reconstruction of canoes and these vessels. And so there's different techniques to do them. As I had mentioned, that the Wascos had a certain style, the Paiutes had a certain style, the the Inchiwanapum had a certain style. And they're all very different and unique in the type of wood and, and sorts. And so at some point, we would like to be able to construct these vessels while at the same time, you know, with us being in the desert and not being right at a waterway, it also does present a challenge because we've also got to be able to take care of these vessels by having a warehouse or some type of protection for these vessels so that they don't dry and crack. And next thing you know, we're building another one and it takes a lot of time and commitment and patience, of course. And so that's a part of it. And of course, we want to spe- uh, create speakers of our languages. And because each of these vessels gives us the great opportunity to be on the water together in a small group to be able to then share language and stories just right there on the water. And we want these youth to grow up having a connection to our original territories. Participants include youth ages 13 and over, adults, and elders. Younger children are able to attend but need to be accompanied by parents, guardians, or an older sibling. What I've noticed that the youth take away is as we instill this sense of identity and a sense of place in these youth, I've noticed that so many of them have always come back from the canoe journey and they pretty much make culture cool. 
They have a sense of connection to their ancestry, their community, their tribal community and identity, and have drummed songs all by themselves without their elders and without their teachers, and just having that sense of confidence to be like, oh, I know a song from Warm Springs. I know a story from Lang- from Warm Springs. I know the dance from Warm Springs. And that has always been um, the utmost powerful aspect of the canoe family and the canoe journey, because we're completely immersed in that. And yeah, we still have Wi-Fi. We still have a connection to the outside world. But within our circles, we encourage everybody to be absolutely present so that we can learn together and grow together. And in that time, that that sense of connection and that sense of place and connection to culture and the total confidence to share culture, it just starts to build and grow within our youth and they make it cool. The Muckleshoot Indian tribe has invited nations to arrive on their shores July 30th, followed by seven days of cultural presentations and protocol. KWSO's Samaika Allen is with the Canoe family and is posting pictures throughout the journey on the KWSO Facebook page. Thank you for listening to Our People and Mother Earth. I'm Liz Smith for KWSO.